Are you hungry for the usual today? Or are you ready to spice things up with the new Nashville hot brisket from Firehouse Subs? We're kicking up our slow-smoked beef brisket with Nashville hot seasoning. It's topped with melted pepper jack and our sweet and tangy slaw, served piping hot on a toasted cornbread roll. Yeah, a cornbread roll. Save time. Order your new Nashville hot brisket on the Firehouse Subs app today. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only. Children of all ages, you are listening to the most electrifying podcast in all of internet radio today. You are listening to Sportswire Game Time right here on anywhere that you downloaded your uh, podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, uh, what else are we on? We're on so many right now, I can't keep track of them. Uh, however, I want to thank you all for listening to this uh, this week's episode. This is episode three of Sportswire Game Time. As you can tell, my voice is a little out of it. Uh, been under the weather the past couple of days. As a matter of fact, it's usually always this time of year between the when the uh, weather in New England is either warm or cold, or warm or cold, and your body is constantly changing temperature because of the weather outside and the weather inside and it plays a, takes a toll on your voice box because of the amount of post-nasal drip, and I know that's a little disgusting and maybe some TMI for you. But I'm going to try something new, something that I want to incorporate in some of these podcasts, and that's a, a watch-along. Uh, we know that uh, if you listen to uh, 83 Weeks or something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard, or What Happened When, all of, any of Conrad Thompson's many podcasts, they do watch-alongs, and what it is is basically you watch a an episode of something together, and the, obviously, the podcast hosts kind of go over what their thoughts were. I mean, obviously, I have no background information on anything because I was never in the business. I don't subscribe to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, never have, never, probably never will, uh, but I do know, as a fan, watching the various... Um, episodes or pay-per-views that I know what I was thinking at the time or what I uh, really liked. So that's what we're going to do today. We're actually going to go on to the WWE Network and we're going to uh, do a watch-along with the very first WCW Monday Nitro. Uh, obviously, it'll be re- uh, episode one under WCW Nitro in the vault. Um, and 
the volume will be down on Nitro. And uh, I'll let you know when, because I do want to get a couple things off my chest first. Again, I want to thank you all for listening for the past two episodes. Um, Sportswire Game Time is uh, slowly but surely getting an audience. Um, we've racked up sub sub listens, which is a good thing. Um, but I want to just thank you again. You could uh, li- get us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can get us on CastBox. You can get us on Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune, and TuneIn. Um, we are waiting on iHeart and Deezer to uh, approve us. But as of right now, you can listen to us all over those places. And I, I highly recommend it because, you know, we are a really good show. But this is episode three. And uh, like I said, we're going to uh, go ahead and do Watch Along today with the very first Monday Night Row. Now, I do want to point out that because my voice is like this, I'm going to be taking some water breaks, so if you hear a little bit of dead air, I'm going to try not to do so much, then uh, that's why. So I apologize in advance. Uh, But one of the things I do want to point out, something I do want to talk about is uh, we've had a couple of, (laughs) if you will, a couple of uh, controversial happenings over the past weekend. Uh, first of all, big congratulations, like we said last week, Clemson winning the national championship for the NCAA football and doing it in an undefeated season. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, a big thing. And then President Trump did something that was, in many people's opinions, was uh, fantastic. He went ahead, used his own money, and did a gourmet spread of fast food for the players. And there's a couple ways to look at it. Number one, the guys are eating healthy all year long because they're in football. So, of course, you know, they're going to like the burgers and the fries and everything. And, you know, this just points out that people will complain no matter what. There's so many people out there complaining, oh, it was classless, it was, you know, this and that. It was just really embarrassing. Okay. You know what? Normally, under normal circumstances, if you go to a you know, if you go to a place where that's going to give you a full spread and they offer you McDonald's food, I would necessarily agree with you to say that that's an embarrassment, especially when you have, you know, a full-time staff of chefs and cooks and everything. But the, here's the deal. Number one, <laughs> the federal government is still on shutdown. Okay, so I don't know if that means that the president's personal staff is still working or not. But the other thing is, these guys are football players. They're going to like the burgers and fries. That's an American meal. Okay, that's number one. Number two, you know, he paid for it out of his own pocket. It's not like he took federal tax dollars to go out and buy, you know, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of McDonald's for this uh, because of that. So, um I applaud him, and he gets an A-plus for effort, in my opinion. You know, and the, and the, the players loved it. So I'm not going to worry too much about it, and the haters could just go elsewhere. Secondly, okay, this past Monday night on Raw, and I have not watched SmackDown yet, so I can't comment on anything about SmackDown. Uh, people for the past, well, for the past couple years, but definitely for the past few months, have been wanting an edgier product uh, for the WWE. And you know what? And I'm one of them. You know, I grew up with the Attitude Era. They that was my um, 
that was my, you know, teenage years in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's what I liked. You know, that's what drew me as a fan. However, you know, we're finally getting to the point where the McMahons are listening to the, quote-unquote, the audience, and they're giving us edgier product, and people are still complaining. Okay? This past Monday on Raw, it's not on the Hulu version, so you have to look it up on YouTube uh, if you missed it. Uh, they showed a scene where a, a stagehand, so to speak, or a producer, accidentally walked in on Alexa Bliss while she was changing. You know, she was topless, she had to cover herself. Okay, just a small little segment. And so, and the internet went abuzz. Twitter went abuzz with it, you know. Why did it happen? What's the point of it? And, you know, it's an edgier thing. You know, it's, it's just a backstage segment. Number one, Alexa Bliss had to be approached with it and approve of it. You know, if she was uncomfortable doing it, she would have said no, and they would have nixed it. But obviously, she was comfortable doing it, and she did it. So, big deal. What's the what's what's the problem? Second thing, um, what's the big deal? She's a gorgeous woman. If you, you know, everybody's, you know, I, I, I made the comment like, you know, it brings in ratings. You know, just the opportunity to possibly see her naked. People like, well, this is a wrestling show. Wrong. It's a variety show, a sports entertainment show. You know. If you look at soap operas, how many times do women get scantily clad in there? You know, and that's exactly what WWE is, is a sports uh, soap opera for guys. Uh, and so many people were clamoring at it. But you know what? Here's, here's the biggest paradigm, paradox that I see with the IWC, the internet wrestling community, okay? They will follow and love and support an idiot like Joey Ryan, who uses his penis to... His, you know, and I've said it before, you know, he'll use his crotch to flip somebody, or he'll, um, you know, or, or this other idiot, uh, Priscilla Kelly that I talked about last week, where she took a, a, a fake used tampon and shoved it down a woman's throat, and they'll go ape shit over it, they'll love it, but yet, because it's WWE TV, they show a spot where a woman has to cover her tits, and, you know, she's shown topless, and she's not even shown topless, like I said, she's covering herself, you know, and they're only showing her from the back, for the most part, and people are, 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 are want to crucify Vince McMahon, and it's like, wait a minute, hold up, you're, you know, there's such, that's such a ridiculous notion, that that's, you know, just, huh. Absolutely ridiculous, like I said. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand the internet wrestling community. That's why I watch as a fan now. That's that's it. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll get into the Twitter wars and, you know, I'll, I'll speak my piece on Twitter. But for the most part, I keep to myself, <laughs> you know. You know, and, and any kind of controversy stuff that I put out, it's because I want people to go to my page and check out the podcast link to Sportswire Game Time. Maybe listen to it. And somebody came up with, when I said, you know, the Attitude Era booking still works today, and, you know, whatever, somebody pointed out, oh, he's a Trump supporter. What does that have to do with anything? Yes, I support our president, but what does that have to do with anything? Oh, because because Trump said, grab him by the pussy. Well, really? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. We're about 10 minutes in. We're going to get to our uh, watch-along now. Uh, Nitro, I already went past the, uh, 
you know, there's the disclaimer, the, the WWE logo, uh, and then any ads that are played, and it's 45 minutes and 4 seconds, so we'll go ahead and watch it now, it's right at the very beginning, I have it on pause, I'm going to go ahead and play it now, and we'll go on. So what I thought was cool was that, you know, Nitro had this amazing start, like, this is before, the obviously, the Raw's worst start and everything, but had Hogan, and had Vader, who never even appeared on Nitro, had Sting, uh, Savage, the main players in that in WCW of that era, and then uh, with the the fire actually promoted that Nitro element to it because you know nitrous nitrogen really makes big flames and everything. Um, obviously, they're showing the, the the aerial view of the Mall of America. Um, Eric Bischoff saying the only place big enough to hold the debut edition of Money Nitro. Uh, then it comes to the ring, the aerial view of the ring, brings it down to Eric Bischoff and Steve McMichael uh, on commentary, which, you know, I thought that was a novel concept. See, I, when I first saw this, because I dabbled in WCW, growing up in Connecticut, I was always a WWE fan. So, um... I never really got into WCW. Like, I knew of it, but I never really got into it. You know what I mean? Like, I would watch WCW Saturday night. And, of course, when Hogan signed, I watched it a little more. I watched the Clash of the Champions. I got into it more. I wanted to make sure because I was a Hulkamaniac through and through. Um, and then when Savage came in uh, and, you know, they brought in Gene Okerlund and Bobby Heenan and it just helped out tremendously to the 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 hierarchy of the wrestling companies in that they allowed WCW to actually grow. So now Bobby Heenan's joining as the third person on commentary. But I remember I was initially pissed off at Steve McMichael for jumping to WCW because if you remember at WrestleMania 11, which was earlier this year in 95, he was at WrestleMania 11 in the corner of LT, one of LT's all-pro team. Um, so it really was a slap in the face that Steve McMichael jumped ship, which is not the only one that's going to be a surprise on this episode, if you know what, if you remember. Uh, okay, Jushin Thunder Liger is coming in now for the opening contest, uh, on Nitro, which, to me, was amazing, because I never had known anything about Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, and, of course, I watched the entire episode because this episode was unopposed by Raw. Um, you know, and then uh, I had never seen anything from Jushin Liger because he was mainly a Japanese wrestler, you know, in New Japan. And uh, th it's funny, you know, and here comes Brian Pillman when he could actually work. Uh, one of the greatest workers in the business, in my opinion, uh, the late, great Brian Pillman. And this is when he could actually work when he was called Flying Brian. Uh, before his numerous accidents and everything else that just couldn't, he couldn't go. Uh, but to me, to have a WCW guy face a New Japan guy in the first match really set the tone for what was to come for WCW. Because the match was a, you know, other than the really, obviously the first start, but, you know, it's a great wrestling match. Two premier wrestlers. The Japan style has always been great wrestlers. Uh, and Flying Ryan was also, you know, he was a cruiserweight. You know, both these guys were cruiserweights, and it kind of helped to mold what WCW was going to portray over the next, 
you know, X number of years. And uh, it's just going to show you that you're going to have the high flying. You're going to have the quick moves and nice moonsault right there by Jushin Liger. Uh, Pillman gets out of it after a count of two. And then they go to a rest hold, a rear chin lock. Uh, and it kind of mixed the cruiserweight style with the Japanese style with the American style. You know, a lot of the American style, the older, old timers, uh liked the the, the, the cool-down hold, so to speak, the rest holds, you know, the headlocks, the chin locks. And nice uh, inverted Hurricane Rana by uh, Brian, by Flying Brian. And that's what I mean. Is it, this match was a, a contrast of styles. Uh, get chops in the corner, which is, of course, an American style. And then Pillman and, uh, reverses it. And then another... That looked like it was a screw-up. Looked like he went for a Hurricane Rana and then kind of got screwed up. Um, Lager did not sell it correctly. Uh, but, you know, and then we go to another rest hold. It looks like an octopus stretch. But, you know, what, it, what, what was funny to me is that one thing I noticed off the bat is that the WCW ring was always smaller than the WWE ring. And, you know, they'll, anything you listen to will go on and say that WWE has a 20 by 20 ring, with the exception of when they did Shotgun Saturday Night. Um, but WCW always had an 18 by 18 ring. And that you could easily point that out because the guys get to the ropes quicker. And uh, Here comes Liger going for a surfboard. And uh, he's not rolling back. He's, he's trying to roll back right now. And there he goes. That's always a bit of a quandary, in my opinion, because the guy on the on the bottom of the surfboard move, his shoulders are usually down on the ground. Um, but it is a back stretching move, and uh, you know, just it's you know another wear down hold. I mean, you know, you're seated, you're not ex really extolling energy. And like I said, I'm not, I've never been anything behind the scenes. Like, I read WrestleZone or uh, any of the other wrestling sites, but there's another uh, kind of uh, flying head scissors by Brian Pillman. And there goes Brian over the top rope from Liger with a backdrop, or missed backdrop, and the cannonball by Liger. And this is actually a really competitive match. It's a good match. You know, it slows down where it has to to get the, uh, you know, to let the high spot moves sink in, which I think is stuff that doesn't happen nowadays, especially on WWE or NXT, is that you don't let the high spots breathe. You don't have the rest holds. Suplex is going to go to the outside, and there goes Liger down to the floor. Pillman up to the top and down with a crossbody to the floor. So this match is, like I said, it's prototypical for what we would see going forward in WCW. Now, obviously, we know that Brian Pillman, after after so long, would ask for his release, go to ECW but still be paid by WCW because of the angle that was being booked, the unpredictable ticking time bomb Brian Pillman. 
Liger setting up for a superplex and goes down. It looked like more of a super brain buster to Pillman. Two count only. Uh, Brian Pillman would have this elaborate angle where he would, you know, act like he would get his release and go to ECW, but it would all be a work. But he actually got, they actually gave his real release. So he was free to sign with WWE. <laughs> so not only was he getting paid by WCW because they thought that he was still under contract, that, you know, the, the, the release was only quote unquote fictional, even though it was a legal piece of document. <laughs> um, and he goes to ECW and starts getting paid by them. And then he goes to WWE and starts getting paid by them. And I think at that point, WCW realized they had egg on their face. <laughs> Liger with a power bomb rolls him up one, two, and only a two count. Referee, Randy, uh, referee Nick Patrick was actually in position there and it was only a two count. That's someone I miss, Nick Patrick. He did retire a few years ago from WWE. Lager setting up uh, Pillman up on the top rope, seated. And what's he going for? A Hurricane Rana from the top. Lager to the pin. One, two, and only a two count. Pillman gets out of it again. What a, what a competitive match, I have to say, to begin Nitro. You know, and... As of right now, it's a nine, looks like a nine minute, maybe less than nine minute match. Seven minutes, if you count the intro and everything. And uh, Pillman fighting out and with a beautiful spinning DDT. And you can tell Pillman has that Calgary influence. We all know that he trained in the... Hart family dungeon with Brett Owen, Benoit, and the like. Uh, but you can definitely tell. And there's a nice spinning, nice roll up from Benoit. One, two, three, and he got it. He pulled the upset on Jushin Thunder Liger, setting the tone for what was to come here on WCW over the next few years. But like I said, a highly competitive matchup. Pillman back in the ring. And goes to shake the hand of Juice and Liger, and now uh, all is done. All is forgotten. What a great first match. Now, of course, on the network, they're not going to see the commercials, which is why it's only 45 minutes as opposed to an hour. Now they go through the replays. Uh, I have to say, like I said, this is my first time actually watching Juice and Liger. I think it was my first time actually seeing Brian Pillman as well. And it was fantastic. It really was. It was uh, a really good match. And there's the uh, surprise roll-up by Pillman. One, two, and three. And uh, Lager could not get out of it. And that's match number one. As you can see, you know what was funny? It's like they didn't make any money at all on this at all. And there's Sting cutting the promo. Uh, surfer Sting. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like they didn't make any money out of it at all. Because... They gave away the tickets. I mean, you know, it's a, it was a mall. It's a public mall. You can't sell tickets to something that's happening in the concourse of the mall. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, of course, over foreshadowing times to come. You know, I just like how they had that approach, the four-tiered four approach uh, in that place. You can see some, 
a lot of stores that no longer exist. Kids R Us service merchandise. <laughs> Here we go with the promo with Hulk Hogan at Pasta Mania, brother. <laughs> Eric Bischoff uh, with Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, world heavyweight champion at this point in time. And uh, that's just a crazy Pasta Mania. <laughs> Although now he's got Hogan's Beach Club down in uh, Orlando and Tampa, I believe. Two of them. It's good. What are we, frozen here? Yeah, there we go. And that might be my computer that's... Uh, because it's running two different programs at this time. Um, this is really cool. You know, it'll make me want to go to Pasta Mania. <laughs> but then, you know, I guess they're, uh, you know, they also, around the same, around Christmas time that year, they had the uh, <laughs> sexual assault allegations against Hogan from one of the workers there, which is crazy. Um Pasta mania still rules. <laughs> um, but it's fun to see, you know, he's cutting a promo saying how, you know, he's going to win his match tonight and he's going to, you know, what you're going to do when Hulk Hogan's pasta mania runs wild on you. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. But it's a good concept, you know what I mean? Now a lot of wrestlers have their own restaurants that are themed. I think Abdullah the Butcher had a restaurant down, down in Florida at one point. The Bushwhackers had a restaurant, which <laughs> would have been fun to go to. Um, you see the great train store. Uh, you know, just looking at these uh, wicks and sticks. Hey, here comes... 16-time world heavyweight champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And we know that he's going to be facing Sting in the match tonight, uh, the very first Nitro. We know that. Because of the simple fact that it was also on the last Nitro as well. And those two were there for the entire run. Ric Flair and Sting. And Ric Flair giving his trademark. Woo! I can't do it anymore because of my throat right now. Of course I would. As they show the shot of the people watching as they go up and down the escalators. That's always a fun shot. <laughs> here comes the man called Sting. At this point he's the WCW, looks like US champion. And uh, Surfer Sting with the flat top look. Kind of looking like uh, a shorter, shorter hairstyle than Vanilla Ice. <laughs> um, but again, you know, it's like growing up in the WWE, growing up in the Northeast, we never had WCW syndicated shows. We had WWE syndicated. We had superstars. We had challenge. You know, we would see, uh, you know, WCW Saturday Night, for example, on TBS. We would see WCW worldwide on Sunday mornings, and we'll look at this coming down, it's Lex Luger, who everybody thought was a WWE superstar, as of SummerSlam, <laughs> and the week prior, and, uh, you know, he was on Raw not too long ago, or a couple, you know, and here he comes, just standing there, coming out from, from the back. And Sting and Flair are stunned, as are everybody else, 
because this was the the first big surprise in in Nitro's history. You know, on the very first Nitro, and Luger comes back. You know, he did not give his notice to WWE. I mean, it's been well documented. That was a shot heard around the world. Um, and both Sting and Flair still distracted by Luger being out there. And uh, neither one of them could, uh, could, re- could, now they're, now they're getting into the match. But, you know, it's been well documented, Lex Luger, how the night before he wrestled for the WWE in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And instead of going with the rest of the guys, he took a plane to Minneapolis and uh, stayed in a hotel completely separate of the WCW wrestlers and, uh, you know, literally came in 15 minutes prior to his, uh, prior to his entrance out of the locker room. And that was the big thing. And nobody knew. And they're staying with a, Military press on Flair and uh, slams him down. Here we go. Hip toss. And dro- beautiful drop your back sting. And this is the sting that a lot of people remember. I honestly feel like um, the current sting, you know, the, 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 the crow sting that started in the late 90s, you know, 97, after he was, uh, you know, as you go progress with the NWO storyline. Um, I think he's most remembered as that Sting, and that Sting has kind of helped rejuvenate his career. Uh, but for the most part, this Sting is how he broke in. <laughs> you know, when when he wrestled Flair at the Clash of the Champions, this, that was this Sting, you know, Surfer Sting, you know, the one half of the Blade Runners with the Ultimate Warrior. And, you know, it's like, when you look at the WWE... And, you know, back in the 80s and late 80s, early 90s, and you had their big, big top guys, Hogan and Warrior, Sergeant Slaughter. Then you look at WCW and their top guys, Flair and Sting. They were never the big guys, you know what I mean? They were, you'd never see Hulk Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior throw a dropkick. They were too muscular. They were too big. Um, you always see Sting throw drop kicks because that was his character, you know, that was his thing. But Sting could also go, and Sting was never a powerhouse like 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 Hogan was, uh, or the Warrior for that matter. You know, he could throw a drop kick, but he could still at the same time do a military press slam, and that was always cool for me to watch. As we see Flair and Sting now on the outside. And uh, Flair with the chop, and Sting shows he's impervious to the chops right now. You know, I think a lot of WCW fans resented Hogan when he came in. And there, Sting puts Flair right back in above the middle rope with a military press. Uh, but yeah, a lot of WCW fans resented the fact that Hogan was signed. Because he was so, even though his name recognition was there, he was just not the prototypical WCW wrestler. You know, yeah, he slimmed down to 275, but he wasn't 
that wrestler, he was an entertainer. He was a sports entertainer. And and he'll always tell you that, that, that Hulk Hogan was uh, is was a sports entertainer. He was never a wrestler. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that was that. And then after this match, you got uh, the finish of Ric Flair versus Sting. Anderson comes out. Then you got Hulk Hogan and Big Bubba. And it's only three matches on, on this card, you know, and it wasn't a lot of the backstage stuff, wasn't, uh, I don't even think Mean Gene was here that night, <laughs> um, at least I don't remember, but there goes Flair up to the top rope, and here comes the famous Flair spot where he gets thrown off the top from Sting. No, I don't think, I think in all the years that I've watched Ric Flair, he's only hit that, hit something from the top rope once. And then Sting with another military press slam. He's done that about five or six times. That kind of takes away from it. I don't think he knows how to actually do a regular slam. I think he's just military press. Here comes Arn Anderson, the enforcer, who at this time was in a feud with Ric Flair. No matter how weird that sounds, Flair and Anderson had a feud at the time. But I think it was all rused up. Uh, to get the horsemen back together or something like that. You know, as you get, if you watch any of Flair's matches, you know that Flair doesn't <clears throat> ever take a bump on his back. That's because of that plane crash. And uh, he always lands on his side. And there goes Sting. He no-sold a suplex, came up, started doing his comeback now. There's Flair with the flip over the rope and a clothesline. Him and Shawn Michaels both do that flip over the rope in the corner. Is that a, oh, it's a chocolate factory in the background, not Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> There's a corner, corner punches, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh, maybe it was just ten and my count was off. And here comes another hip toss, and there goes Flair. And there's, Sting has him in the corner, lifts him up, sits him on the top. And, Sting, and there goes Flair raking the eyes. And Flair is getting up, sitting on the top rope. What's he doing? And Sting's still climbing up, climbing up while Flair was punching him. Now he's punching Flair. And here's Flair to the top rope. He jumps down. <laughs> Flair shoots Sting into the ropes and goes for a hip toss. Sting blocks it. Flair blocks one and then takes him down with a side headlock. And there goes Sting, bridging out of a pinning attempt by Flair. Turns him around for a backslide. One, two, and Flair gets out of it. I don't think anybody's ever won with a backslide. Oh, maybe a few people. There goes Sting, lifting Flair up to the second rope again. Or lifting him up to the top rope. Here comes Sting, going for a superplex from the top. It's amazing that Flair can do these bumps. And no, not to fall on his back. But, you know, there he goes with the superplex from the top rope. <laughs> and Sting is out of breath. <laughs> and he sees Arn Anderson. And he's asking, what are you doing out here? Here comes Flair with a chop block to the back of the knee. <clears throat> Setting up for the almighty figure four leg lock. But Sting... Actually, Flair gets him. 
He locks him into the figure four, right by the ropes. And there's Sting showing that it doesn't bother him. He's trying to turn it over to, to reverse the pressure. And Flair gets to the rope so that he doesn't, he can't, but the referee didn't see it. Now he does. Counts it, tells him to break the hold. <laughs> and Randy Anderson is just, this has counted Flair out, disqualified him for holding on to the ropes. And there's Anderson forcing Flair to break the hold. And Double A, the enforcer, is in the ring, and they start going at each other. And like I said, this is something you never thought we would see happen. Flair and Anderson. <laughs> and they're chopping each other and punching each other all the way to the back. And that looked like Jerry Briscoe, but maybe it was Jack Briscoe. <laughs> now they're trying to separate them. You know, I wonder, did Jack Briscoe work for WCW as an agent? Or, or, or security, because he kind of looked like Jerry Briscoe, but I guess not. Well, here comes Anderson back to the ring as they're, as they're pulled apart. Anderson gets his jacket that he threw off. Looked like Scott Norton just kind of walked in the back. Yeah, it is. That is, that's Scott Norton, who's yelling at Bobby the Brain Heenan for one reason or another. Now he's yelling at Eric Bischoff, saying he got a parking ticket, looks like. <laughs> uh... And now he's challenging, looks like he's challenging Steve McMichael, getting in his face. That, you know, that would have been something good to see, McMichael and Norton. Now here comes Randy Savage from behind. And that's something you thought, I, I never thought I'd see Randy Savage and Scott Norton in a feud. Because, you know, Randy Savage being, you know, second only to Hogan in name value. Uh, maybe third to Hogan and Flair. See, you know, going fast-forwarding fast to the NWO storyline, there's Savage getting in the ring, challenging Norton. Uh, but, you know, it's it's like going fast-forwarding to the NWO angle, you know, Bash of the Beach 96. If Hogan wasn't going to be the third man, like, I know he had his, he was apprehensive about it, uh, and, uh, quite honestly, they didn't know. Like, Sting was supposed to be plan B. Sting would have never worked because he was WCW. He was full-fledged WCW. He needed somebody from the WWE. Hey, it's Sabu. <laughs> showing, a, showing a vignette now for Sabu from his matches on Worldwide. And, uh, looks like he's... Yeah, it looks like Sabu is going to be on Nitro next week. Uh, you know, the second Nitro ever. Sabu, who has gotten his fame from ECW. And, uh, you know, amazingly, I don't understand why they did, you know, they, like, <clears throat> I don't know why they got Sabu. Sabu never fit with the WCW. But, anyways, going back to what I was saying about the NWO storyline. Oh, there's Mean Gene. Um, going back, like I said, uh, why couldn't Savage be the third man? That's actually something I'm going to ask Eric Bischoff when I go on uh, March 1st to the Something to Wrestle with 83 Weeks live show at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. 
I do have an extra ticket. If anybody's interested, please DM me on Facebook uh, for information. Um, I do have an extra ticket, not for the meet and greet, but definitely, but but for the show itself. That's also going to be the weekend of the largest ever NWO reunion at the WrestleCon or Wrestle, whatever convention that's at Mulligan Sun that weekend. So we'll see how many uh, special guests are at that show. Okay, so showing WCW Saturday night. It looks like it's uh, Johnny B. Bad against somebody else. I can't tell. <laughs> and Sting and Savage are going to have a promo. Uh, they'll also be there at WCW Saturday night. And then... Fall Brawl War Games coming up. Remember, the Hogan needed a fourth man for his team um, because Vader was out <coughs> by this time. And Vader was a babyface. Go figure. Um, but he was a babyface in WWE for a while, too. Another one who should be in the Hall of Fame, but is not. God rest his soul. And now we're just waiting for the arrival of... Ooh. <laughs> oh, go to the backstage area. And there's Erwin R. Scheister, better known as IRS, or at least in WWE's VK on Wall Street. Mr. Wall Street. <laughs> I don't know why they were VK. Vincent Kennedy, Wall Street. You know, shot at Vince McMahon, possibly. Although, if you look at their, their editing, they're... <laughs> it's funny because they're... Background, you know, backstage shot, their pre-taped shot, doesn't fully cover the live camera. You know, if you look at the right side, there's still, you know, that half inch or inch of of uh, live feed still coming through, which I find absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so there was a backstage promo from VK Wall Street, also known as IRS, Mike Rotunda. Backstage agent with the WWE now. Obviously the father to Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. And here comes Big Bubba, formerly known as the Big Boss Man. Another one, God rest his soul. You know, on the show so far, I mean, usually when you watch a show from the 90s, you count how many people are no longer with us. And uh, in the first match, obviously Brian Pillman's no longer with us. And then uh, you you know keep watching and obviously you know Mean Gene is no longer with us and Bobby Heenan is no longer with us um, and uh, obviously from the opening Vader's and Savage are no longer with us uh, and, and then you watch you know Savage is obviously no longer with us like I just said and then uh, Bobby Heenan from the commentary team uh, Big Bubba is no longer with us just sad when you look at these and you can just you know, and you can watch full pay-per-views where you just say, wow, only like four guys are still around, which is really, really sad. It truly is. You know, the main event of, of SummerSlam 92, well, that technically the main event was Brahar and Bulldog, and, and Bulldog is no longer with us, but the actual main event, you had uh, Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior, with Flair and Perfect out there, and Flair, <laughs> I'm in a, uh, Flair is the only one that's still with us out of those four. There comes Hogan, you know, with the red and yellow Hulkamania at its finest. But again, you know, yeah, he gets his he gets his cheers. He's a babyface, but 
A lot of times he gets booed with the WCW crowd because he's not WCW. You know, he was always WWF. You know, and, and Big Bubba's there. You know, Hogan and Bossman had their feud in WWE. Um, and I think it was just, you know, Hogan and Bubba were comfortable with each other, you know. Right, you know, both of them, obviously. And Jimmy Hart's out there with Hogan. Um, all three of them, Hall of Famers. And there's uh, Randy Peewee Anderson. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for a referee. And I'm not talking about Teddy Long, because Teddy Long did so much more than just referee. But I'm waiting for a referee to uh, get put into the Hall of Fame. You know, whether I doubt it'll be any of the Hebners. You know, Earl or Brian or Dave, which they did so much for the company. Not necessarily Brian, but they did so much for the company that they deserve it, but after them selling merchandise that was uh, not allowed, it sucked. And it's hard. There we go. Big Bubba with the side headlock on Hogan. And then he shoots him into the ropes. Hogan down for a trip. Shoulder tackle. And Bubba gets thrown into the ropes. I wonder if there were people just riding the escalators up and down and continuously just to watch. <laughs> just watch the, the the event going on, which was unheard of for a mall at this time. And there we go with the traditional test of strength. Nope. Bubba kicks Hogan in the gut, gives him a fist to the chin, an uppercut to the chin. And another right hand, and there's Bubba with his flurry of punches, reminiscent of the Big Boss Man. And there's a big stinger splash in the corner from Big Bubba. And uh, here we go, getting right into Hogan's face with an eye rake. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Nick Patrick or Randy Anderson or, you know, unfortunately Randy Anderson is no longer with us. Bubba trying to get Hogan in the turnbuckle. Hogan blocks it and sends Bubba two, three, four, five, six, nope, five. Five into the turnbuckle. And there's a right hand by Hogan. Three, four, four right hands by Hogan in the corner. And there's Bubba with a poke to the eye. <laughs> Typical heel move. just fun watching these old stuff and I figured I'd do a watch along today because and I'm just like I said I'm giving it to you from a pa from a fan's point of view you know I don't have any of the background information I don't I didn't work for WWE or WCW I wish I have I wish I had worked for WWE but uh, there's a there's the Alamo flag sign in the background pretty cool flag store in a mall you know if you look on Wikipedia you know, the Mall of America had the distinction of being the world's largest mall for such a long time. But if you look at it now, wow, <laughs> hard camera side right in the front right in the front row, and there are two people holding up sign. One says Hogan sucks, and one says Hogan is a wimp. And it's amazing. I never thought you know you never see that for the red and yellow Hogan. You'd never see that in WWE. Uh, maybe nowadays you might, um, but not back then. Um, but like I said, it's like you, 
you look at the malls, if you look on Wikipedia, and, and even if you go on to, uh, if you go on to YouTube and look up Bright Sun Films, the, you know, the, episode, the, the series that they do, Abandoned, and they have some malls on there that are, you know, it just shows how bad typical brick-and-mortar stores are going nowadays. Malls are starting to shut down um, because of, you know, Amazon and Walmart.com and the, you know, people shopping on the, um, on the internet. And so many people are just, unfortunately, not going to malls anymore. And it's sad. It really is sad. Um, but the Mall of America is, you know, dropping down in, uh, popularity. You know, they had, like, movie theater in there that closed. They had, you know, maybe a, maybe they've got Dave and Buster's in there, but so much stuff has closed in, in these malls that are leaving them, well, you know, big places that are just abandoned, which is absolutely crazy. You know what I mean? <clears throat> And there's a body slam by Hulk Hogan. Who, you know, it's funny because Big Boss Man probably at his heaviest was, let's say, 350. I don't think he ever got to the 400-pound range. Um, but Hogan with, you know, any big guy always did that thing where, you know, where, you know he asked the crowd, should I try it? Should I try it? You know? And, um, you know, he always slammed Big, big Boss Man with, with ease. Andre the Giant was a little different, obviously. Um, Yokozuna, obviously, couldn't do. Which is crazy, because Yokozuna was actually lighter. Although he's more, he was more compact, but he was lighter than Andre. <clears throat> Boss man with a headbutt to the chest of Hulk Hogan. Oops, sends his head into the turnbuckle. Here comes Bubba with another splash, and Hogan gets out of the way. Hogan with a right hand. And a second one. Goes to the ropes. Big, oh, boss man slam, or big Bubba slam. Goes for the cover. One, two, and Hogan gets up, and here we go. He's going to start to hulk up. He's feeling impervious to pain. That adrenaline is flowing through his body. God bless the late Gorilla Monsoon. And here we go. Hogan is hulking up. He's feeling no pain. And there's there's the finger point of doom. And one, two, two punches. Sets Bubba into the ropes. There's the big boot. And to the ropes. And then there's the big leg. And Hogan makes a pin. One, two, three, and that's over. Randy Anderson hurtling over Hogan like a prized hurdler to get the pinfall. One, two, three, and Hulk Hogan defeats Big Bubba. And here we go. Hogan must pose. <laughs> Different company, same concept. Hogan, you know, bringing his head to his ear, cupping his ear. And, you know, doing, you know, Shane kick his, kiss his ass. And here comes Kevin Sullivan and the Zodiac and Kamala, the Dungeon of Doom. 
Brutus the effing barber beefcake as a Zodiac. And here comes Shark, also known as Earthquake. <laughs> and Luger's in there, fighting him off. Helping Hogan. He's helping Hulk Hogan. Whoa! They looked like they were going to hit each other. And Hogan's questioning why Luger's there. And now they're in their face. Now they're in each other's face. And this, you know, and here comes Sting and Randy Savage to kind of separate them. You know, to say, you know, you guys are here for the same reason. And I think this is one of the biggest things. Bobby the Brain for President 96. I didn't see that sign. <laughs> um, that would have been fun. Could you imagine Bobby the Brain, he is President of the United States. People make fun. People go out get on Donald Trump. Could you imagine Bobby Heenan? Holy moly. <clears throat> and there's, uh, you know, Jimmy Hart is in the ring with them, just trying to calm things down. And I'm sure that there's going to be a microphone in there, you know, in there at some point in time. And they're jaw jacking. And it looks like they're going to go to commercial. <laughs> Stay coming up, more Nitro. Which, you know, with only like a few minutes left, it's going to end up being Hogan and Lex Luger face-to-face. -face. And now they're showing the, uh, <clears throat> showing the commercial for Fall Brawl War Games. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Sting, and Vader against the... <clears throat> the Dungeon of Doom and the Horseman. Or was the horse were the Horsemen in there? I don't remember, but yeah, Fall Brawl War Games. Of course, Vader's no longer with the company at this point in time. Or he was, but... And there's Mean Gene in the middle of it. As Hogan's asking Luger, you know, what are you doing? We're... Luger's saying, I've come from, you know, I'm done playing with boys. I'm here to play with the, you know, with men. And, uh, you know, you're the top of the heap. And he wants the world title. He wants the world title shot. But you know what? Either way, this is fantastic. This was, you know, it was a really good way to do to to get Nitro started to show the unexpectedness of, uh, you know, what WCW was to become, you know, and Nitro what what that was to become. Excuse me. Um, but yeah. It was just unexpected. The shot heard around the world. Nobody expected Lex Luger to show up on Nitro. Nobody expected Luger to get in Hogan's face. And, uh, yeah. So, this was a, a, an amazing event. I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, and, uh, if you're interested in sponsoring Sportswire Game Time, shoot me a DM on Facebook, which is at BigDaddyCoolVA. Uh, also on Instagram, same thing. And, uh, whoop, whoop, I don't want to, come on, pause, what the heck, stop, there we go. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. Like I said, you could find Sportswire on numerous, uh, numerous places to download podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, uh, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, this is at Sportswire Game Time, Episode 3. 
Uh, we talked about, uh, we basically did a watch along with the very first WCW Monday Nitro. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. So, I will see you guys next week. It seems like Thursday is going to be the day that uh, Sportswire Game Time is going to be released. It just so happens that this is going to be my schedule. And um, this is what it's going to be. So, I want to thank you all for listening as we end this episode. Hogan and, and uh, Luger are being separated by Randy Savage and Sting. Uh, as the final, the very first Nitro comes to an end. And, uh, you know, me and Gino Curling sending you back. And look at that. Steve McMichael has his little chihuahua in a devil costume. Is that, what was that? I can't remember his name. Pepe, was it? I can't remember. But I want to thank you all for listening to the Sportswire Game Time. And uh, we'll see you next week. It's going to be every Thursday. So uh, thank you all for listening. I will see you next week here on Sportswire Game Time. And now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. Time to start the bird seed. Watch out for the seagulls. Oh, my head. Are you okay? United Healthcare helps connect you to care whenever you need it. Like video chatting with a doctor right from your phone. So I don't need stitches? No, just put some antibiotic cream on it. Great. Thank you, doctor. United Healthcare. Health plan benefits may vary.